let your financials be like a dashboard. They're like your friend. All they're doing is giving you information. It's not failure. If your financials right now suck bad, it's okay. The good news is, is that they can get better. And that's just the best news right there. Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is part two, kind of, I guess part two, of uh, mastering your finances. And I know it's kind of the F word, right? Finances, practitioner does not equal finance. Like we do not want anything to do with it. I, having a background in accounting and bookkeeping, it's what I used to do all the time. That was my jam every day, full time. I went into small businesses, helped them get their QuickBooks set up, get them all situated. So when it came to tax time, their taxes were easy. They knew where they were at the end of every month. We looked at expenses and revenue and all kinds of things. I had the inventory, all of the things. I know how to do it. But let me tell you what, when it's your own business, oh, pass, hard pass, unless you have a system and a grip or grasp on what you're looking for, what kind of information you really need to know, because some of the information in there, I don't need to know. I just need to know what's most important that's going to be like my dashboard to allow me to run my business just like driving a car. You would never in a million years think about putting tape or paper or black paper over the dashboard of your car because how would you know anything about how your car is running? A, kind of important, you wouldn't know your speed. So you wouldn't know when to slow down, when to speed up. You wouldn't know whether your cruise control is on or off. You wouldn't know what's happening with your oil or your water. You wouldn't know all the things. So your finances in your business are just the same way. But I want you to think about it like a car. Again, when you think about a car, think about all the systems that are in a car, right? You've got the cooling system. You have the electrical system. There's the gasoline system. There's the combustion system. There's the exhaust system. There's the electronic system. There's the air conditioning. There's a whole bunch of systems inside a car. Now, a dashboard of a car does not have a gauge that tells you about every single system because I don't need to know. There's just a few basic pieces of information that I need to know to drive the car. Agreed? Yes. So what are the basic informational pieces that you and I need in order to run a business? And there's just a few of them. So a few weeks ago, it's been about a month ago, I did a podcast on how to evaluate and look at your revenue, how to kind of categorize it. And I basically gave you five things that you need to know about your revenue. One was your top line revenue fee for service, how much you're making on your supplement sales or other products, like usually taxable products in your business, what the cost of those products are, and then what your net revenue is after you subtract all that stuff out. So that was what I talked about a few weeks ago. And the response was huge, but it kind of went both ways. Some people were like, I don't want to look at my numbers and I don't know why, you know, people are going to people. But anyway, I had some pushback a little bit, but then most of you all 
were really great and said, oh my gosh, that was super helpful. Thank you so much. So today we're going to look at the flip side of it. We're going to look at the expense side. So in your business, just like the dashboard of your car, there's just a few things we need to look at. The few things we need to look at. Now, expenses are what expenses are. And those are things like, you know, you're going to eat out or you fill up your car with gas or, you know, you buy something, you have a subscription to your software that you use for your virtual practice or your, you know, EHR or whatever it is. There's all these little expenses, rent expense and utilities and internet and cell phones, all the things that we run through our businesses, which is fine. But there are some places where expenses can get a little squirrely. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So we're going to look at the flip side of your dashboard, so to speak. We're not going to look at revenue. We're going to look at expenses. There are only really two dials that you can turn in your business. One is we always want to be increasing our revenue, right? That's money coming in the door. But the other dial is we need to decrease the expenses. But sometimes as revenue goes up, sometimes expenses go up. And a classic example of that is when you hire a new employee. So you're getting so big, so busy, you really have to have that full-time employee at the front desk. Well, that's going to increase your expenses, but it's going to allow you to make more revenue. Does that make sense? So I've got a few accounts that I want to talk to you about that on your expense side of your financials. And these are things that you just going to want to keep an eye on. I'm going to give you a few tips. The first one, the place where I always say go, is look at the expense account that's called dues and subscriptions. And this is often where we toss things that we maybe just kind of want to close our eyes and we don't want to really look at or talk about. So... I went back and did an audit of mine. This was a couple years ago. I look at it regularly now, but a couple years ago, I hadn't looked at it in a while. I think I had nine different Apple subscriptions that came through every month. There were like three of them that were $4.99. One was $5.99. One was $10.99. One was $14.99. And it was like 30 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever it was. And I thought, what the heck is all of this? So, you know, I don't know Apple very well. So I had to go like Google, how do I figure out what my Apple subscriptions are? So I figured all that out. And there were three of them in there that I wasn't even using, but I wasn't paying attention. So now you might say, well, big fat ripping deals. So what? It's $15 a month. Well, you know, add that up over the year and then another year and another year when you're not paying attention. So why am I giving my money away to someone else? They don't need it. I do. Thank you. I'll keep my $15 a month. No problem. So dues and subscriptions, you want to look in there because there almost always will be things that you may be paying for that you don't realize. So here's what I recommend. If you have your own, you know, I use QuickBooks. I recommend QuickBooks for your accounting. And it's likely what your accountant is using anyway. So you might as well just get yourself on QuickBooks. Inside Clinical Business Academy, we actually have a full training on how to get yourself set up on QuickBooks. So if you're interested, go to rondanelson.com forward slash CBA, get on the wait list, and then get in when we open next month in February. So anyway, print out your dues and subscriptions. You want to look at it for a whole year. Why one year? Well, because you may have some annual subscriptions in there. So for instance, you know, you'll subscribe to something and it'll say $29 a month or $21 a month if you pay for the whole year. Well, if you're like me, if I know I'm going to use it, I'll just pay for the whole year. So then I paid for it once 
but then that baby's going to come due again. And that's when those things sneak up on me. And I've had it happen so many times when a charge will come through and I'm like, what is this? And it's because I didn't set a reminder. I didn't cancel it when I wasn't using it because out of sight, out of mind. So you want to look at dues and subscriptions. So run your report out of QuickBooks. And if you don't have access to it, ask your bookkeeper or accountant to run it for you for one, the past 12 months. Go through there with a fine tooth comb and look to see if there's anything in there that you can cancel that you're literally legitimately not using. The second one is your utilities. Now, you know, utilities, you're not going to make them go away, right? We got to have utilities because we need lights and power. But one of the things that gets stuck in utilities often is your internet expense. You know how you pay for Wi-Fi in your office? And this one can get away from you as well because the tricky thing that these Wi-Fi companies, like for me, we have like Comcast or Xfinity, what they'll do is they'll offer you this great introductory rate. It's $99 a month for 12 months. And you're going, yes, baby, please sign me up for $99. And then 12 months goes by and you forget and you're not paying attention and your accountant or bookkeeper is looking and they don't know. They're not getting paid to pay attention. That's your job. And so it goes up to $199 after 12 months. You're paying $200 a month for internet. That just happened to me, actually. I called them back and I said, no, I will not pay $200 a month for internet. So you're either going to put me on a different plan. You're going to give me some other options. And you know what they told me? They said, oh, well, if you add cable to your bill, we'll drop it down to like $129. And I said, well, how is that I add something to my bill and my bill gets less? Oh, it's the bundle feature. I said, fine, add it. I'm never going to use cable. Fine, add it. So I added a feature I'm not going to use and it reduced my bill. So dumb how they do it. So check your internet because you may be paying more than you need to for that. The third thing is your rent or lease payments. Now, if you own your building or you're making payments on your own building, good for you. I always say make an extra $100, $200, $500 extra on the principal every month. But if you rent your space, Remember that all leases are negotiable. I made this mistake one time and never again. So you want to find a commercial real estate person to help you negotiate your lease. I'm telling you the money they will save and the questions that they will ask because it's what they know. It's what they do well. So you want to ask somebody, you might have to pay them $500 to do it. Let me tell you, if they look at your lease, they might look at it and say, hey, listen, I can't save you $500. This isn't going to be worth it. Okay, fine. But most of the time, my experience is they will find things. They'll go back to the landlord and they'll negotiate for you on your behalf. So I don't have to do it because they know what to negotiate. They're like, oh, this is way too high. You can't do this. Well, I wouldn't know it was high. That's not my area of expertise. So I'm going to hire someone to help me negotiate my lease. So that's a place where you can get your overhead down and it may cost you a little bit up front, but if you have a two-year or three-year, five-year lease, going to save you more than that over time. Another one you want to keep your eye on is travel and entertainment. Now, we often think, oh, it's no problem. I'm just going to write my meal off. I'll write off my trip. I'll write off my travel. But here is the you know flip side of that coin. It looks all good on paper when you say, oh, I just spent, you know, $100 on a night out with my spouse and here I'm going to just charge it to the business. Okay, fine. But did you know that you don't get that full $100 back? You only get half of it, A. 
And then B, you don't even get the full half because all it does is reduce your taxable income. Every expense just reduces your taxable income, but that taxable income is within a bracket. In other words, it has a, you know, a beginning and an end point. In other words, so you could write off a whole bunch of stuff, only get 50% credit for it, and never ever at the end of the day when you file your taxes never made a dent on how much tax you would have owed. So we think sometimes erroneously that, oh, I'm going to write this off, like it's going to come off the bottom amount of what you owe to the IRS at the end of the year, and it doesn't work that way. So just be careful. Keep your money. Keep your money. Don't write your travel off. Don't write your meals off unless you really can justify that it's a work-related expense and you had a conversation about it, et cetera. But don't let that be a temptation like, oh, we can just eat out whenever and we're going to write it all off or I'm going to go do all this travel and do a teaching thing and add on a two-week trip and write the whole thing off. You can't do that. IRS doesn't like that. So that's a place where expenses can kind of sneak up on you. Another one is insurance premiums. I'm actually in the middle of this right now. This is so dumb. I have my business liability policy with a certain insurance, well-known insurance company, and I'm paying about... I don't even want to tell you because I'm kind of embarrassed. But here, look, I'm going to be vulnerable. I mean, I always am. I'm paying about $3,500 a year in business insurance. Every year it goes up, up. And so this year I added some new equipment to my, this is for my Seattle business. And I added some new equipment. And so I needed to increase my coverage, right? To make sure that I was well insured. So I call them and leave a message and I don't hear back. So I call them a week later, leave another message. Hey, listen, I just need to, you know, increase my coverage and talk to you about what that's going to do, the premium, et cetera. And I don't hear back. So I thought, okay, well, maybe their phone line's not working. A week later, I send an email. And a week after that, I send two emails. Now I'm pissed. I'm mad. I do not have time to chase this rabbit. I have lots of other things that I would rather be doing than to chase your bad business. So, and it's a local agent. You know how they have local offices. I said, forget it. I'm going to go shop for new insurance. Well, you know what I found out? I actually have someone helping me with this. You know what I found out? All the insurance quotes that I'm getting back, I'm so embarrassed. But this is my point. I guess it's so appropriate that this is happening. Because the quotes that are coming back, I can get better coverage for like $1,700 a year. And I'm paying 35. I was sick when I saw the quote come through. And there's been like three of them come through. And they've been all basically that. So these guys have been dang ripping me off for years. And again, I'm not doing what I'm telling you. This is in part why we're having this conversation. Because I didn't do it. I didn't shop my insurance. So every year, you just need to spend. And it'll take you a half a day. It just is going to take you a half a day. But geez, if I took a half a day... Five years ago, I don't think I've changed. I think I've been with this insurance company since we started the business, which was 10 years ago. How's that for painful? Look at $1,500 a year I could have saved over, I mean, it's gone up, up, but still for the last three or four years, that's what I've been paying. That's a lot of money that I could have had for myself. But because I wasn't checking, I gave it to them. And now I'm going to ditch them because A, they made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> and B, I get it cheaper somewhere else and I get better coverage. So just make sure that you're checking your insurance. And that goes for car insurance too. So just 
spend a half a day once a year, block it off on your calendar and just go, okay, this is my insurance day. You don't see patients. You don't do nothing. You don't try and fit it in between. You're going to sit down. You're going to get it handled. You're going to conquer it from nine to one. That's it. Now it's done for the whole year. Another place that will eat you up is interest expense. Now, I get that sometimes we have to carry business debt. And in my businesses, I have a line of credit. And that line of credit, I only get charged for it when I use it, which is great. So it's there when I need it. And the interest on it is cheaper than a credit card. So I would much rather use the line of credit than I would use my credit card. But sometimes I have to use my credit card if I'm traveling or I have some big purchase and it's more than my line of credit or something. So right now I have a little bit of a balance on my card and my business card. I don't like that. I don't like to carry any debt and I usually don't have any. So now when I get my bill, I'm going to have about $100 or $110 worth of interest for my big balance that I've got right now until I can pay it. And so what happens is that interest, if you're not on top of it, that interest starts to eat you up because so much of what you're paying goes to interest, which you know. So just keep an eye on your credit card. So if you have credit card debt, whether it's personal or business, if it's personal debt or business debt, you're going to handle it the same way. What I always recommend is pick the card with the lowest balance and work your butt off to get that thing paid. And if your minimum payment on that lowest balance credit card is, let's say you've been paying them $150 a month then you're going to start paying $250 a month to them. And you're going to keep paying $250, $250 or whatever until you get that thing down to zero. Then you don't have an extra $250. You still, you take that $250, you add it to whatever the minimum payment is on your next card. So now if your next card you were paying $300 a month, you're going to add $250 to it. Now you're going to be paying $550 a month on that thing. You're going to get that paid in no time. It's one of the easiest ways to get your credit cards paid down. Oh, one more I'll tell you. And that is your software expense. Think about like technology. This is another place where it kind of goes with dues and subscriptions a little bit, but it's where you might find like, you know, you paid for some software that you're not using, like something you would use a technology thing like Zapier or Dropbox or box.com or Canva. Let's say you have a big, heavy Canva subscription and you never use it. You could drop it down to the free version. Like we had a Dropbox subscription that had way more storage, way more features. It had way more stuff than we needed. And so we just dropped it back. We still pay the subscription, but we're paying for something that we're going to use, not one that we're not going to use. Same with our voice over IP phone subscription. That was a technology expense and it was really expensive. And I said, can we lower this? And so my assistant, Jamie went to work and she said, yeah, we can cut this down by five or $600 a year. I'm like done. So, you know, when you add all of those things up, it doesn't take long until now I'm putting more of this money in my pocket. And that's what I work hard for. I'm telling you, I do not work hard for the insurance company. I am not down for that. That's a no for me. I'm probably going to have to have therapy over this now, but I could have been keeping $1,500 for several years. And I planned it out. And I knew in the back of my mind, I'm like, I really need to look at this insurance, but it is what it is. And I'm taking action steps now. And that's the whole point. So don't let this overwhelm you. If you have to go back and listen to the podcast again, if you weren't taking notes, go back, listen to it on 2X and take a few notes. But I really want you to think about your expenses as a gift. It's kind of like the bathroom scale. I know. 
if you're a girl, we don't like it. But the bathroom scale, my friend Virginia Irby said this to me once. She said, the scale is my best friend. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, it's my best friend because it keeps me on track. And if my weight's up a little bit, i.e. your expenses are up a little bit, your profit is down, then you got to tighten up the belt. You don't eat the things. You don't do the stuff that you were doing. You got, I got to get my weight down. I got to get that bank account back up. I got to get my expenses turned down. So let your financials be like a dashboard. They're like your friend. All they're doing is giving you information. It's not failure. If your financials right now suck bad, it's okay. The good news is, is that they can get better. And that's just the best news right there. So there you go, friends. This is kind of the prolonged part two to the part one, which was episode 178. If you want to go get it, all you have to do is go to rondanelson.com forward slash 178. That was the episode number. That's the revenue one. And then this is the one obviously on expenses. So as a business owner, I am your number one cheerleader and fan. I'm really here to help you grow a successful, thriving, and most importantly, a profitable practice because you've worked hard for what you know. And the impact that you're having on patients' lives is pretty dang remarkable. So if you are ready to get serious about growing your business, and I know you are, then I want you to join me inside Clinical Business Academy. It's where clinicians learn the language of running a business from organization, creating group programs, setting your fees and finance, getting a hold of your financial stuff, making sure your onboarding, your patient, new patient onboarding is remarkable. There's so many places in there where we as clinicians, we're so busy wearing our practitioner hat that we don't have time to wear the CEO hat and be in charge. I'm going to teach you how to be a CEO of your practice. That's what you're going to learn inside Clinical Business Academy. And then I'm going to give you the tools on how to have a ridiculously successful practice that's profitable and allows you to live the life that you love. So all you have to do is go to rondanelson.com forward slash CBA, Clinical Business Academy. We have version 2.0 coming out in February. So you are going to want to be on that wait list, I promise you. All right, friends, thanks for being such a great listener. If you love the podcast, rate, review. I would love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much again. Take care. Have a great week. I'll see you next week. 